This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You in? Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee in terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blues Focus podcast, staring every week on YouTube, Spotify and Apple Music. I'm Kieran, your host for this episode, and with me this week I've got Elliot and Dan. Uh, we're going to start with the disappointing defeat to Bournemouth on Saturday. Dan, welcome back onto the show. For the first time in a while, I'll come to you first with your thoughts. Yeah, thanks. Um, as soon as I seen the lineup, really, I was thinking, room for a long game there. Um, I was hoping for a reaction from the Wiccan game, but I think I think the lineup sort of cancelled that out straight away. It's uh, drawing beers optimistic as I can going into every game, but as soon as I seen no disrespect to him, Boyd months playing left back when he isn't he isn't a left back. I thought room for a tough rider. And I love Kifton Bald, but it's been a few years since he was. He should have been our starting eleven. But uh, I think, I think the fight was there, but the lack of quality was really like was really obvious. And Bournemouth, fair play to them, they're a good side. They'll be up there, but just shows how far away we are sometimes. Yeah, I mean, Elliot, you agree? I take it you you was hoping for a draw. Last time we spoke. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, uh, like uh, Dan said, I, <clears throat> when I saw when I saw the lineup and the formation, I thought, oh, it's going to be going to be a long afternoon. Um, I think they played quite well. Um, to be fair to them, I think their chances, and like Dan said as well, like just the, the quality um, just was lacking, unfortunately. Um, and in terms of the starting eleven, I, I, I didn't quite understand Boyd Munt's plan at left wing back. Um, we've seen the last couple of seasons, Colin, uh, you know, move over to the left side when we've had injury problems. Um, and he had Cogley on the bench. He had a good game at Preston, um, so he could have quite easily slotted in at right back, and we could have probably reverted to um, four at the back or continued with the five at the back. But I think that's just, uh, I think that's where a lot of uh, the supporters are getting a little bit frustrated at the moment. There's no, there doesn't seem to be any sort of, uh, you know, continuous 
use of a set formation or a system at the moment. It's chopping and changing all the time. And, and unfortunately, like when you, you get a player like Boyd Munts, he, you know, making a debut in the championship, he's not coming into a set, settled uh, system or formation. So it's, it's made incredibly more difficult for, for a young player to come in and, and play his own game. So that's just really frustrating, really. I mean, <clears throat> bit of the, the match stats for you here. So um, 38% possession. We actually had uh, 15 shots, only three of them on target. Uh, 13 key passes, which is the exact same amount as Bournemouth actually made. Um, we attempted 25 crosses as well. So obviously the, the aerial threat of Djokovic, again, um, quite a telling part of our game. Uh, what else we got here? Interesting ones. Uh, One twenty-five aerial duels defensively. Committed seventeen fouls, which I think you expect when you've got Kifton Bald in the midfield. I mean, I think it's interesting. Like we've we've touched on in previous weeks, we've discussed definitely Bournemouth Premier League quality players all through the the spine of the team still. Uh, Brooks, obviously, a step above. Um, our sort of level, really, realistically. But moving into the international break now, good time for Karanka to work on a few things and try finally nail down a favoured formation and lineup. Do you think? Uh, I think we needed. I think we needed the international break definitely because there was the injuries catching up with us and suspensions, like losing Clayton to injury and Sunich to then suspension. And I think San Jose, although I'm a big fan of his, he he's leg, he looked really leggy in the last two games. From the second half of Wickham and into that game against Bournemouth, he, he needed to come up, but there just weren't there weren't options that would come on like David Davis. In Karanka's ideal world, he wouldn't be nowhere near the bench. But that was just a situation we found ourselves in, and I've seen a lot of complaints about on Saturday why we're all our best attacking players on the bench. And as a fan, when we want instant results, it is frustrating. But like, we're not there, are we? We don't see that they would be playing if they didn't need the rest, I'm sure of it. So it's one of them. It's it's frustrating because we all want instant results. But I'm trying to go with the fact that I know some fans will be annoyed when I say this, but I'm trying to calm myself down this year and go, yeah, it is a project and it's, it's going to take time. I mean, it's interesting, you know, we've, we've discussed, haven't we, earlier on the previous shows about <clears throat> the uproar on Twitter every single time a result doesn't go in our favour, um, which you'd have thought we'd be used to by now, to be honest. We've all, without Karanka, it's the way the club's been for years, isn't it? We're, we're a yo-yo club in terms of results, performances. We've never been consistent for probably since going right back to the Hewton years, really. But interesting tweets here. So um, someone tweeted, I can't stand this project talk. Does anyone actually think next year we're going to see improvement in hit or challenge for top six? Bottom half, if not good enough for my club, project or no project? Um, someone else just says, I can't what, I can't understand why 15th is classed as progress uh, when you finished 20, 20th season before. Pretty sure five places above his progress but there you go 
Um, someone else tweeted and said a reminder of how recent league finishes, uh, 19th, 19th, 17th and 20th in the past four years. Even if we finish 15th this season, it's still an improvement. So many overreactions amongst our fan base at the moment based on whether or not we've won the last game. So, in essence, Elliot, 15th, clearly an improvement on the season before and obviously a work in progress. Yeah, of course. Like we're talking 11 games at the moment. Um, it's, it's, I hate the word project. It isn't a project. It's not. Just bollocks. It's like, he's 11 games into a three-year contract. You know, it's just early days. That's all. This is all that that is. He doesn't know his best team. He doesn't know his best system. He doesn't, at the moment, I think he's just, he's, he's a bit of trial and error at the moment. He's, he's trying to work out his best, his best way of going about games. Um, and he will tinker from game to game, depending on who we're playing. Um, as we've seen when he's played against Norwich and Bournemouth, you know, he's been quite set up, quite defensive, five at the back, um, especially from home as well. He's tried to set up that way. He's tried to use, utilise two strikers at home, whereas away from home, he's not been trying to utilise two strikers. So he's been, he's been trying different systems. Um, but yeah, it's not a project. It's just early days. It's 11 games in. But I think we've got to give it till Christmas at the very earliest and, and analyse it then and see where we are. If, if, we're, if we're entrenched in the bottom three, uh, New Year's Day, then it might be time to start thinking, OK, what, what can we do now? Because, you know, we're nowhere near that at the moment. Um, so losing 3-1 to Bournemouth and having a bad 10 minutes against Wickham is definitely uh, not the time to panic, I think. I mean, Dan, we've, we've not had you on the show for a couple of weeks, obviously. So just to get your thoughts really on the season so far. Um, what, um, what do you think? You, you know, it's interesting to get your point of view. You're not part of the Twitter meltdown, are you? Absolutely not. Well, I, again, after every after every defeat, I've tried to sit back and go, right, stay calm, you know, because we, we've had worse. We've been in worse hands than Karanka. And I know that don't give him that don't give him excuses for everything like how oh, it don't matter because Karanka's a good manager. There is times when he's when he's at fault because he's not perfect. But um, started off, I think the thing that almost made us expect too much at the start was when we beat Brentford. It was great at the time, but looking back, it's almost like we uh, that set us up to fail almost at next time we lost a game. Because it'd be like, oh, well, we beat Brentford and now we can't even do this. But it's one of them. I do agree with the project talk, actually. Um, um, it is early days. It's not a project. It is early days. That's all it is. But um, I think Karanka's even... The reason why he's tinkering so much is because he's not setting... He probably hasn't set targets, really, for himself this season at all, apart from just to have an OK season. He's probably trying to see what his team's capable of in any situation, in any formation. And again, as I said earlier, for us fans, it's frustrating because when it comes to Saturday, we don't care about project talk or early days. We want to win. So, but looking back at it, we've had some good moments, beating Preston, showing character against Huddersfield when they equalised late on. Some, a good draw against Swansea. We've had some bad moments, but, Again, early days, and I'm not going to panic. I think, I think the problem is, the reason why we panic so much is 
we're very patient with poor managers, but when we have a good manager, it's like sometimes we're expected to click straight away. So when he doesn't, we're like, oh, what's going on? But we just got to stay calm and hope for uh, hope for things to improve quickly. I mean, <clears throat> you say it is true. Obviously, we, yeah, we all want to win the game. We want to win every game, don't we? But it's it's. <laughs> It's early days, as you say, and we've got to keep our feet on the ground, really, can't be realistic. And let's just say, for example, it's a two-year project, as, as some people say. So this year is about stabilising the club and making sure we just don't go into the final day expecting to go down, realistically. Next season, then, is obviously about building on that top six challenge or, or whatever it might be. Realistically, this isn't going to be the squad that could potentially take us up out of the league, is it? So is it a case of he's looking at these players ready for January, ready for the summer and saying, right, you're good enough to be in my squad when I make a top six push. You're not, are you? You know, your likes of Boyd Munts, he's obviously assessing him. Uh, David Davis, like you say, looks like he's going to be showing the door come January, I'm guessing. Kifton Bowd, he's trying to get a, a feel for how he fits into the side. Can he do what he wants Sunjic to do when he's absent? So there's a lot of question marks over a lot of players' heads still, realistically. But then, obviously, you've got the likes of Seddon out on loan, who's due to come back as well. Can do doing the wing back role very well for Wimbledon again this season. So I suppose we aren't going to really know much from this early part of the season, are we? But I mean. Personally, Elliot, what do you what what do you think? What changes would you make to the squad coming up in the weeks coming? Really, what is it about? Tommy nails down a first eleven now. Um, yeah, of course. I think it's difficult. I think we've obviously we've been hit with a few injuries, a suspension as well uh, lately. I think it's imperative that we get Brent back as soon as possible. I think we look a lot more um, solid at the back. He's a lot more vocal than what we've got at the moment. Um, obviously, we need Pedersen back. Um, Clark Salter to come back as well, fit. So, we've got options to come back soon. I think, you know, it's, I think it's difficult and it's, diff- it's, it's difficult to criticise Crank at the moment when you've got, you know, a lot of players in and out of the sides with fitness problems and, and whatnot. Um, to say, oh, why are you not playing a settled team when he hasn't got a settled team at his disposal? So, I think I'd, I'd like to see us become a little bit more solid at the back as we have been uh, previous to the, t- the last two games. Um, so, and I'd, I definitely would like to see us play a similar sort of starting lineup, sort of at least in a couple of consecutive games, just to see what they can do. Because they've got two week break now, they've got a, they've got a bit of rest. So I'd like to see them come back. I'd like to see us come back and play a settled, perhaps not a settled system, but. Uh, you know, at least eight or nine players play consecutive games would be nice. Uh, at least maybe at least nine players. So just one or two changes here and there, not three, four, five changes, which we have been seeing. Another interesting tweet that I've just remembered uh, from Saturday. Uh, just to get your opinions on it. Uh, someone said, Maxim Collan is shite time and time again, constantly out of position. Mm. Discuss. Yeah, yeah. yeah, wrong. 
Yeah, it's just it's just not true, is it? <laughs> I don't I, I don't I, I don't even know how to go into detail with that. Uh, he wasn't at his best last season, Carlan, but I actually think he's I think he started the season quite well. But again, as I said, as I said before, this started. This is where um, we miss fans in the stadium because if you just look at the if you just look at the picture on Twitter. It looks bleak all the time, doesn't it, on Twitter? The second you can see the goal with the worst team in the world. Whereas in the normal world where the fans are in the stadium, you know, you probably wouldn't be hearing things as drastic as what you've been seeing on Twitter. But, you know, that's the Twitter world for you in football. It's, it's, I think it's key to have a bit of realism about it as well. Let's be honest, we've just lost to a team that's kept the majority of the players that very, very nearly stayed in the Premier League last season. Yeah, they came down, obviously. They they weren't good enough over 38 games, but Brooks, uh, Josh King, Solanke, Lerma, all these players are Premier League players, aren't they? So, we, we weren't good enough on Saturday, but... There's no real shame in losing to Bournemouth. It's not like we should have turned them over four or five nil. You know, we, we I'd imagine uh, we'd have all been happy with a point before the start of the game. Let's be honest, no one was realistically going, we're definitely going to win this. So to see the meltdown on social media again was, uh, I was going to say surprising, but it doesn't surprise me anymore. To be honest, the, the weekend game, I understand people's frustrations. Newly promoted team, never played at the championship before, 1 0 up with 10 minutes left. So, you know, yeah, that is frustrating, but again, still no cause for a mental breakdown. Well, that's it. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Obviously, I'm not saying that they're not, but um, I do think sometimes on Twitter it's more looking for a like than actual what they're thinking. Or it's what they're thinking in that second, what they would normally stop themselves from saying, probably in the stadium. But, you know, it's one of them things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one key about it uh, Scotty Hogan finally getting his first goal. Back think he can, yeah, yeah, think he can kick on from here now. Or hope he can kick on from here now. Playing off uh, off Jukovic at home by the looks of it for most games, so be interesting to see if they can uh, find what they had pre lockdown. I suppose. Yeah, been saying it for a while. We we need the pre lockdown Hogan to return rather than the post lockdown one. Um, he's obviously come out today and said that he hasn't had pre season or he's lacked a pre season, so he's not up to full fitness, but. You can kind of see it in his previous performances that he's he's been off he's been off the boil a little bit. He's not he's not been reacting to chances. He's not been you know he's been miscontrolling passes and stuff. He's not really not really been there, is he? But uh, now's his chance now, and and to to prove us all wrong in the next sort of three or four games, hopefully he can go on a little run now and um, start scoring. But he's definitely a confidence player, and like a lot of people say, once he gets a goal, it'd, it'd be all right. I think it'd be he'll start scoring now. Yeah, I mean, it's just, he's come out today, hasn't he, done a, done a um, well, he's spoke to the Blues website about his season so far and says, obviously, he had no pre-season, you know, he's, he's 
kind of finding his feet under and getting used to the way Karanka wants him to play. So that goal will do him the world of good, won't it? Moving forward, now you can you just hope that he can kick. Yeah, that gives him that kick that he needs to really find his form again. You know, like I say, very very often, more often than not, you see confidence players once they get one, they get five, six, seven, don't they? Like he did last year for us. So let's see what happens. So what's that? Um, three wins in 22 at home now. Um, so next question. <laughs> so yeah, that's a. Uh, I mean, got Coventry away at home in a few weeks. Yeah, technically at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something to look forward to. Did anyone, as well, did, I yeah, did anyone see the stat today on Twitter that uh, they they reckon that we've lost more home games than, uh, than we've won in the last 10 years? Um, I think we've lost 75 and we've won 74. Bearing in mind, we did have the Clark era where we didn't win at home for a whole year. Um, so yeah, probably, yeah. yeah that's the point. Skews that day a little bit, doesn't it? Um, but... Yeah, it's just it's just it's definitely something we need to improve on. I think it's just that home form, isn't it? Like we just you know away from home, I think we're we're okay, but it's just at home. And it's, for some you know, reason like, we do. Sorry, carry on. No, no, go on, Dan. No, I was just saying for some reason we do still seem to think it's a fortress, don't we? For some reason, yeah. every time we win, we go fortress St Andrews. But I'm probably even looking back to obviously the Hewton days, but probably the McLeish days since it was really a fortress and like, you know, when we used to bring the big boys down, Man U, Liverpool, Chelsea, they wouldn't they wouldn't come away with a win, would they? We'd at least get a point off them at home. But things like that, you know, now it's became bottom of the league will rock up at St Andrews and take away the three points for the last how many years? Yeah. It's what it's just a bit it's a bit worrying, that's all. Like it, it's definitely a home form is definitely the concern. It needs to improve. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, another interesting, just found a few more tweets to mention part of the uh, the meltdown. Well, actually, this one's not really part of the meltdown. So, next four games, Coventry away, Luton away, Millwall at home and Barnsley at home. Um, how many points do we take from the next four games? Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Happy with what seven, uh, eight? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be realistic now. Um, I'll take, I'll take anything. Yeah, seven, seven. I could live with six, but you know, se- seven. Yeah, seven. Anywhere around there, I don't think we can be too, too disgruntled with really. I mean, yeah. Coventry away, technically at home. Luton away, Millwall and Barnsley at home. Millwall always seem to blooming beat us at our base, don't they? Let's be honest. Barnsley on a good run of form. Luton doing better than they should be. Coventry being Coventry. So, if you're interested, the next four games will be very interesting to be able to judge what we're actually capable of this year because they're the teams in and around who you'd expect to be in and around us in mid-table with maybe the exception of, of Millwall who seem to be doing 
better than I'd like them to be. <laughs> uh, another one for you. I wonder how many fans will still be saying it's a work in progress when we don't pick up points against Coventry, Luton, Millwall and Barnsley. We have a good enough squad to pick at least seven points out of them games. Time for the team to stand up for once. A work in progress. Time for the team to stand up for once. So, obviously, scrap what you just said, that we showed character against Huddersfield, because we didn't. Yeah, yes, it's to come. I do agree with the point that, like, one thing I say sometimes, um, looking at some of the subs that Karanka's made, and then we might have conceded, and it looks like we're playing defensively. I'd sometimes argue that that must just be a mentality setting some of the players because I think it might have been Huddersfield. Obviously, we got away a bit in the end, but winning 1 0 was still bringing on offensive substitutions, was still bringing on attacking charges. So I doubt he'd bring on attacking charges yet, so I'd go on and defend when we have the defensive options on there. But I do think sometimes, because our form's been that bad, um, when we're winning, we go, right, let's not lose. That I do think that's like some of the some of the old players in there have got that mentality of right. We need to win. Just don't concede. I think it's interesting to see that obviously um, started to leak a couple of goals in the games where Roberts and Dean have been paired together. Again, they just seem to be a partnership that doesn't quite cut it. Really, which is no knock on either of them, to be honest. Good players to have in the side, in the squad, but as we're really just crying out for to Clark Salter to, to get back to fitness and get I think, back in I the think, lineup. I do think Harley Dean is a lot better next to someone who's more composed than he is. When, like, no disrespect to Mark Roberts, but he does make me feel nervous sometimes, like, because. I don't think it's anything he can help. It's just the way he moves and, like, you know, he's he can be quite clumsy. But, um, you know, I, I do think like, when George Friend's next to Harley Dean, and he's he's all, he's a leader as well, isn't he? So he, he helps control the defence. I think you see a lot better of Harley Dean as well and a lot better of the whole back four when someone more calm is in there as well. Yeah, I think, it's, I think Roberts does spark that. <laughs> chaos back there, doesn't he? Sometimes, um, yeah, yeah. Roberts is a, he's a quality defender in the air, but on the deck, very susceptible. Like, and like Dan said, like, uh, sooner we can get back someone with a bit of uh, composure at the back, like George Friends, who's a little bit more vocal as well. Things just a far better player, we've already seen it. So, and a Clark Salter as well. So, that'll just uh, boost our options there. I mean, that's a solid back five, isn't it? Average in goal, Colin, Dean, Clark Salter, friend at left back. If we went with that. I mean, I, I, I think Harley Dean's had a good season so far. I wouldn't drop Harley Dean from uh, the centre of that defence. I, I would probably put Clark Salter next to him. Um, and I would probably put friend at left back. Mm. Um, in my opinion, um, I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the five at the back. I'd rather us go back to the four at the back. So it'd be Clark, Clark Salt and extra Dean, and then friend at left back and Colin at right back, and then um, San Jose sat right in front of them. 
So we can go into that five at the back if we need to. We're under a lot of pressure. I mean, how many times over the past few years have we tried to adapt to this five at the back? And it just doesn't seem to to work for us, does it? For whatever reason, we tried it under Zola, tried it under Clotet. I mean, Clotet scrapped it after about two games. To be fair to him, really lost all the work. <laughs> After a full pre-season of working on it, <laughs> I suppose it's you've got to have the right players for it, haven't you? That's the thing. You've got to sign with the the idea that that's what you're going to play. I don't think Cranker's never really played that, has he? And I don't think he signed the players to play that. It's just a case of he's he's trying out anything and everything right now to try and get the best out of what he's got. Yeah. But like I said, I think over the next few months. Or next few windows, at least, you, you're definitely going to see Karanka put more of a stamp on 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 what he wants to do. Again, um, it's going to be a lot of players out the door. I mean, one rumor we have seen um, inbound though, uh, Joe Piggott, striker from <clears throat> AFC Wimbledon. Uh, is it six goals and four assists? I think he's got this season so far. So something that excites you, Dan, in January, if we could we could get hold of him. I'm not going to pretend that I'm, you know, when we get linked to a player, all of a sudden you know everything about him. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, really. <laughs> if he's doing our kind of league one, fair play to him, but I'm not going to pretend to know anything about him. <laughs> so I, I can't really answer that one. I suppose the problem with some Blues fans is they just don't want us to be linked with a player that's in a lower league than us for a start. They just see that as a backwards step, don't they, when... You've been linked to the likes of uh, Alexander Pato on a free contract, I suppose. <laughs> that can happen, but Elliot, same boat, not, don't really know much about him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard of him, but yeah, didn't know. I didn't. I thought he'd been around a lot longer. He's only, what, 26? So, um, I, don't, I don't know. We need... It's difficult. Um, we do probably... We are a striker light, as we've already said, so why not? It's going to be a cheap option from League One. Is it League Two? League, League One. Um, yeah, if he's going to be a cheap option, he's scoring goals and assisting goals this season, and why not? And then one uh, interesting thing that we did on Twitter this weekend, uh, which uh, I can quote was an actual lol, uh, was Elliot decided it as a good idea. And, and and I completely agreed <laughs> that we've done our secret favourite drinks. No copyright on that, I don't believe. So um, before we discuss the results, I'd like to apologise to anyone upset and salty about this particular thing we've done, especially to Elliot, as I know he wanted Blue WKD to win. So we went with Lambrini. Uh, we went with classic Smirnoff Ice. We went with Blue WKD. We went with White Lightning Cider, which I'm pretty sure everyone drank back in the day. Um, and the winner of round one was the classic Smirnoff Ice. Um, unfortunately, they don't sell it in Aldi when I was doing my little shop earlier, so we can't drink to the winner, which, uh, again, not something I've ever seen anywhere else. So... We need some suggestions for the next round. I think the wrong one won, to be honest. (laughs) 
it's fake news. Fake news. We counted all the results. We didn't stop the stop vote. The we didn't stop the count. <laughs> we let it go all the way. 102 votes. 36% to Shmernoff. I was saying a solid 30-odd people at least voted for that. They're wrong. Yeah. Well, Adam, for your information, says he wants Frosty Jacks in the next round. <laughs> But obviously, you can't put Frosty Jacks up against White Line inside. You've got to have at least one cheap cider option in there, haven't you, really? Definitely. But other people didn't quite understand what I was saying. Someone said, is this a piss take? No, look at the options. It was clearly 100% authentic. Uh, yeah, other people just not quite understanding what we're trying to get at, but never mind. We'll carry on. Carry on, dust ourselves down, and go again for the next the next show. Sounds like a Steve Bruce. That sounds like Steve Bruce coming. That does. Yeah, we'll get yeah, our boots on. Dust ourselves down, yeah. We'll get our boots the, on. And... <laughs> how's how's the bacon? Did you say? Yeah. Please, no throwing cabbages at us if you don't like the results. <laughs> I've done every shot now, so you can't get your bed sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think they'd be protesting our opinions on the game more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pick that up again next time, I'm sure. Well, I mean, it's great to have you back on the show again, Dan. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Fortunately, yeah, we've fortunately, <laughs> you've done, more, you've done, done more than Callum does. <laughs> Turns up five minutes Ooh. and just leaves, blames his internet. <laughs> So, at least we're about to put up with him this show, this this episode. So, every <laughs> cloud. That's all we've got time for on this show, anyway. But thanks for joining me. Uh, as always, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, get us your questions on the socials at Blues Focus Pod. Uh, we'll be sitting down again after the Coventry game as we've got an international break. Uh, be sure to keep your eyes peeled for some more interesting polls. Uh, We'll get some more days together. Until then, speak sharp. Sports Social Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.